I have met more people from Thailand that I, I mean, I traveled all of Europe this summer just staying with people that I met in Thailand. I can talk to anybody and it was hard for me to make friends in Bali. It was like, you had to be there for six or more months in order to make those kind of same connections. There's just no other place in the world that is as affordable. And although things are getting more expensive here, you know, compared to everywhere else, you're not paying the same. Bali had fabulous food, but um, in terms of like, you know, staying on that health kick and stuff, I think Thailand has some great food. Um, and then... Welcome to the Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have a legend of a guest returning. It is Joyce Summers. Um, now, we've done a podcast with her before. I'll put links in the description, and you can go watch that about Joy's entire life story and what brought her to Phuket and why is she traveling or living around the whole world, living that digital nomad dream. Um, today, we're going to keep it nice and casual, just like my white shirt and big belly. Um, <laughs> we're going to be just chatting about lifestyle in Phuket. Can can Jen Water Kangen Kangen? Okay, I pronounced that wrong. Kangen Water. Um, this has been on my to do list and, and trying to understand that. It's a very big coincidence. You've brought it in. Um, and mostly just again, lifestyle in Phuket, comparing that to different places where Joy has lived and allowing you, digital nomads and expats, to get involved in the comments. Um, who are we? Fruiting Body is a medicinal mushroom company. We are our own sponsor, an actual punk podcast giving value back to the world. We're not selling you garbage sugar waters like Prime and shitty beers like Happy Dad. We're giving back and we're going to leave this planet, you know, um, doing something better than what we started. So, don't forget to like, subscribe, smash all that fun stuff. And without further ado, let's get this podcast started. Thank you, Joy, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having okay. me again. That's the nootropics focus. It just dialed it just, you in. I mean, we just took a stack. Yes. We just took a stack of, of your supplements, and I'm feeling on. <laughs> it's going to keep you dialed in and, and pulling that vocab or, you know, those ideas that sometimes we forget about. Um, before we get into the water, because I'm genuinely interested in that as well, well um and the whole you know the whole nutrition side we're gonna have tons of golden nuggets for you joy is gonna share all that knowledge you've probably gained since the past year maybe since you've been on um but first let us know since you've been on what has been going on you've been traveling the world you're back in thailand it seems like you're here permanent just let us know a little bit about the gap between the time you've been on and today yeah, I think during COVID, I was, you know, bopping around. Thailand was kind of dead. I was looking for my next home. I tried, I tried Bali. I've tried Turkey and Mexico and Dubai. And I just keep coming back to Phuket. There's a draw here. There's a magic here that you just don't get anywhere else in the world. It has everything. So basing up um, in Phuket, gonna, gonna settle down here. Find me my roots. I mean, I've been here eight years, but the time just goes so fast. You know, so uh, settle down here and uh, start this water gig and then continue with online coaching, my gut health stuff. Um, you know, when clients come to Soy Thai Ed, we can train together and do this hybrid program. So I'm going to kind of be um, shifting gears between the online coaching and now the water stuff. How were these other countries? I mean, Turkey, Mexico, Bali. Um, let's just start like a, as a comparison. I, I don't want to say compare this to Phuket, compare that to Phuket. Uh, give a little bit of insight. Like what were the differences and what does draw you back here? The community. Number one, it is that, I mean, I have met more people from Thailand that I, I mean, I traveled all of Europe this summer, just staying with people that I met in Thailand. So the community, the people really bring you in. Um, you know, I loved Bali and it was, oh, I can talk to anybody. And it was hard for me to make friends in Bali. It was like you had to be there for six or more months in order to make those kind of same connections that you meet people here when you're training or, or out. And it's just that like instant bond. Um, so community number one, I think affordability number two, there's just no other place in the world that is as affordable. And although things are getting more expensive here, you know, compared to everywhere else, you're not paying the same. Um, so you can do all the, the luxury stuff for half the price. Um, obviously the weather, you know, even on a rainy day, it's a rainy day in paradise. So yeah, go get a massage or go walk around the mall and get some steps or I don't know, out to the jungle and just listen to the rain. Um, what else? The food, obviously the food is great. I love the food in Bali. Bali had fabulous food, but um, in terms of like, you know, staying on that health kick and stuff, I think Thailand has some great food. 
Um, and then, you know, you can relax, you can go on a beach trip, or you could party in Patong. You know, it really does have a broad mix of everything here. So, um, yeah, this is it for me. Well, I think a f the closest comparison might be Bali because of the same, like, region. Yeah. yep. How is that any different? Because Bali, I mean, you got Kuda or yeah, Kuda. That, that's your Patong. Yeah. You got Chenggu, which maybe could be your Bangtao, but we're not there yet. So you you got your variety. You got definitely the beach clubs are better there. But it's so, the traffic. That's the killer. Oh, the kill. I mean, I I was only living ten minutes from the gym, but the scooter ride was so hectic. Getting to the gym, it was like I had to decompress before I started even training. Um, so that kind of kills the vibe. Things are so spread out. You have these like beautiful beach clubs and, you know, Uluwatu has these like beautiful coastal things and Ubud is, but everything is so spread out. Um, so it kind of does deter, I guess, from the excitement of it. Yeah, even I was there, I've been there five times and it's always like a three year gap between I go and mm -hmm. every time I go and I land, I'm like, fuck, why am I back here again? <laughs> um, and, and it's like you said if you are in uh, Changu and you just want to go to these waterfalls, you know the waterfalls with the swings and it's mm -hmm, gorgeous there. Mm -hmm. You're in bumper to bumper motorbike traffic for an hour. At least. And it's gorgeous. Like you're in these farm fields, it's gorgeous, but it's still bumper to bumper. What people don't realize, there's 4 million people living on this island. Yeah. Like it's it's something else. And yeah. I mean, the, the sad part now is that they are really tearing down all the rice patties because everybody is building. Right. So everybody's building villas over there. They're they're building a brand new beach club that's going to be huge right outside of Changu. Um, so, yeah, I think that the vibe is a lot different than it was five or ten years ago. Yeah, it probably even has a faster pace there because everyone's kind of like oh, everybody's know. in a rush. Yeah. So you're talking about the community side. How is that different? Like you're joining gyms in Bali. Why mm -hmm. can't you just gel with them just like you would at Tiger at Unit? That's a great question. I think um, it was hard to like fit in with the click and I don't want to say, I mean, I can talk to a brick wall. It was just harder. I don't know what it is. I think that people here are a lot more open to friendly conversation. I mean, I'll tell if you're sitting down at a restaurant, I'll come say, Hey, you know what's going on and not, you're not going to look at me like, Oh, what does this girl want from me? You know, where you would get that out in other cultures and stuff. Um, but I was at body factory and wonderlust and bull bull gym. Um, and people, a lot of influencers, you know, and then I think that whole thing of like, what is this person going to give for me or, or something? I don't know. I don't know. It's mm. just different. Interesting. And I, I'm sure other people probably share that expense. Yeah, experience I've, talked, as well. I've talked to so many people with the exact same thing going on. Uh, and so I don't know. Is it the air? Is it the water? I don't know what it is in Phuket that makes everyone just want to be friends. Interesting. I, I don't know if let us know in the comments if you <laughs> actually have the answer. Uh, then let's compare Phuket to Tulum. Now, like, now, in terms of like cost, cost of living, rent, oh, is it all similar crazy. or very oh different? Oh my gosh, I'd say Tulum is as as expensive as Dubai. I mean, you're paying one hundred and fifty dollars for a, a chair at a beach club. Um, the jungle parties are all hundred plus. I mean, I think uh, what was my apartment? Maybe fifteen hundred dollars. So not terrible, but it's like forty um, forty five thousand baht. You need to have a car, you know, to get around from. The, the main part of downtown to the beach area. Why is that? Um, it's just so spread out and taxis are not affordable. And a motorbike? They don't really do motorbikes. They do four wheelers, like quads. Why don't they I do? I don't know. They're just that not available? Great, no yeah. No, you can't rent one. Yeah, it's and no, really There's no rental. Well, there's a business there. There we go. Head there. down to Tulum and yes. rent motorbikes. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, and then Turkey is beautiful, but Turkey... Um, I don't, I love Turkey to go visit. I don't know that I would live there again, but definitely one of my favorite, most underrated, under-traveled countries that I've been to. I mean, the coast of Turkey, like the southern coast of Turkey has as deep blue waters as we get here in Phuket, which is really beautiful. Why, why wouldn't you make that a base as well? What's the, the main like factor there? Um, maybe the expat factor. Again, I'm like focused on community. I'm a super extrovert, obviously. So I am like looking for that community that I can kind of, you know, pull myself into. Um, and I was also there over COVID. So it was when, you know, travel restrictions were still in place. So it was a little bit harder to meet people there as well. Um, but yeah, I think because here we're all training, we're all like, you know, in that same mindset, we're all into traveling, we're all into doing all the same stuff. People just open up in a different way. Yeah, and is that why you chose to go back to Chelong? Why not come up to Bangtao? 
Yeah, Chillong has my heart. It really does. I mean, everything, the convenience of everything being there as well. Um, I've been doing a couple sessions at Unit 27, a couple sessions at uh, Primal, and then um, just checked out Titan as well. Um, and now there's three new gyms being built on the street that should be ready for high season. So new gyms are popping up just when you didn't expect it. So I think we're going to have a really big high season this year. Is that important for influencers to be able to gym hop because now you have different locations you're making your content? I think so. You know, and again, the energy is different in each gym. I think each gym has its own reputation for, okay, this one has really hard classes, but then you go to this one if you're just a beginner. And and so feeling out where you vibe is, is important to, I think, anyone's, you know, fitness journey because they want to feel safe and secure and that they can get through the classes and the sessions. We've both been here about the same amount of time, seven, eight years. After five, it's just kind of a yep. blur. Yep. It's like, yeah, it's over yep. five, it's done. Um, do you see this whole Bangtao area eventually becoming like Chelong as more gyms appear, or is it just too far into the future? That's a great question. I mean, Bangtao is killing it right now. I mean, their classes are super popular. Um, but yeah, once you finish your training session, we don't have that street, that community yet. So eventually, I mean, there's a lot of land I think that still can be built on up here. The restaurants are great up here. We got great beach clubs. Um, so the vibe is here. It's just, I mean, is it the, this, the saying like, build it and they will come? Mm. I think I think so, right? Bangtao built it and look at all the people that are up here now, right? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing lacking here is the community. Yeah. I've lived here the whole time and ever since I've lived here, I've been on the fence. I think it's more beautiful up here yep. and more convenient for driving around. We have this little back road. You're at Chalong, the soy, and I've said this a million times. You want to go to Nyharn. It's, it's not as convenient. It's a drive. No, here, it's a you, drive. you hop on the, I'm literally on the beach here, but you sacrifice community here. Yep. So it's very hard to make friends up here and have mm -hmm. that community. The only place available now is Bangtao, mm -hmm. but... I've been here seven years. You don't have a lot of options for that. It's mostly families, right. um, retired golfers, sex pats that are retired golfers. Yep. Um, and then English teachers or people working in hotels in which their schedules don't align to the a digital nomad yep. because they're doing the nine to five. It's quite strict. And if in your hotels, you're again working seven to midnight. So 100% the lack of community is not here. That almost made me move to Rawai. But it's the whole beach and this road here. I'm like, I'd rather have less friends just to have that. Hopefully they can fix that and bring that up up here as well. When you have that conversation with people in Chelong and in, in your neighborhood, does the whole um, inconvenience factor of the beach being so accessible come into the conversation frequently? Not at all. We still make it happen. I mean, I'm not at the beach every single day, but we have some beautiful infinity pools near us. Um and so, yeah, I mean, look at Chelong Pier is just right over the corner. So if you did want to go into the sand and like ground yourself for a minute, I do that walk every single morning. So that's really pretty. Um, but no, I think up here is also a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Um, and I think that if you are on this health journey, the lack of restaurants that are selling grilled chicken and vegetables and that sort of thing isn't here yet. I mean, if you haven't been to Little Paris, everybody needs to go to Little Paris. Their charcuterie board is to mm. die for, but it's heavy, yeah. right? So again, you come up here for training and you want to be on that journey, um, but there's a lot of distractions up here in terms of, yeah, beach beach clubs and all that. Yeah, there's there are not a lot of options for healthy eating here. Uh, if you were to ask me to tell you one or two now, I can't even think of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, a lot of the times I do go to the Ringside Cafe. Yeah. Um, I usually cook pretty clean, but you know, those days you're like, ah, I'm lazy. Realistically, like yeah. ringside cafe might be the only place that's healthy and, and, and decent. Okay. There's woo, woo organic. Woo is, woo is good. Woo is really nice. A but little bit still, expensive. It's still far from, okay. if you're, I mean, if you're in Bangtao yep. and then the traffic hits yep. on a motorbike to get to woo is probably 10 minutes, yep. but it's not like Chow Long right and the soy door. where it's like, right. you got 20 Ellie's options. Barbecue, filling station, yeah. pure prep. I mean, pure yeah. prep. Oh God, I love them. Yeah, so uh, I guess this is a plea. Can you guys please just come <laughs> up here? Um, before we jump into the water, and then I think that's going to be a 20-minute yeah. conversation. I just can't see the clock. Why does it say 310? 
Okay, we lost it. So I'm trying to keep my eye on the clock. We got another podcast coming in, but also um, for the YouTube gods, we're trying to keep it to a certain level. I, I feel like with reels that uh, people's attention spans are driving down. Let's let's be crusty old expats for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, we were once green, but we kind of came here in a weird transition period in, into Thailand where I felt a lot of people were coming at the same time. So it was easy to integrate. When you're seeing a tourist or someone, you know, you, you can tell they're a digital nomad. They're coming in, they're green, but maybe they're going to be there for a while. How hard is it for them to get into your inner circle? Oh, super easy. Come to a training session at Unit 27 anytime or whatever. Come meet us for a coffee on the street and you're going to make friends instantly. Yeah. yeah, it's up here is, I think, a bit different. They, they There's kind of the, the pushback. I find, I don't know, it's very strange. Correct. It's a, I mean, I, even just driving into Patong, I'm a big energy person. I can feel the energy change, mm. right? It's like you pass over that Kata Karan border and all of a sudden it's a totally different vibe. But the energy is just, yeah, it's it's beautiful in Chilong right now. And I guess you get a lot of support of other green people moving into the soy in this area and they start to help each other. Um the questions that we get asked, and this is not just expats living in Thailand, it's expats living around the world. Um, where's the best places to eat? You know, tell me where to go. What have you seen? Uh, what's the visa process? As you've been here eight years, do you try to avoid these conversations now and steer them to, let's say, like, you call yourself like the, the platinum, the platinum uh, expat, and then maybe the one that's been here for four years, you're like, you know what, you take the lead on these questions for these green people. How do you handle those situations? I mean, I'm an overshare and overgiver. So I, I mean, when people ask me for recommendations, I can't just say, no, here's like a link to something. Um, so I do do my best. Um, but that's also with my profession too, right? Like I am a gut health expert. I'm a transformation coach. I'm trying to constantly give education and value to my clients and to my friends. So when people have questions for me, I'm, yeah, I'll do the best I can. That's great. I, I, I lost <laughs> it about two years. Not lost it. I just got, I think, uh, it's like saying the same song and dance oh, over and for over. Sure, it's a record. I mean, we should do a podcast just on that, right? And just be, <laughs> and maybe that's the link we send. Mm, just go watch yep, that. Yep, go watch that. Let's jump into. Let's transition now into your profession. You're fo focusing on gut health. Um, dealing with maybe uh, without revealing names, could you give us some case studies on recent clients you've worked with? What were some of the problems they were facing, and what solutions did you give to overcome those? Yeah, great question. Um, I think a lot of the time people are. Um, lacking in energy, their stress levels are super high, they're not getting a lot of sleep. Um, they've been put on rounds and rounds of antibiotics, um, and so their gut health is a mess. And so they're trying to lose this weight. They've tried every diet in the world, nothing is working for them. Then they come to me, and then we really look at trying to get to the root cause of what's going on. Um, and I pride myself on being really sustainable. I'm not a coach that's going to restrict people of their favorite foods. Um, we try to break things down, you know, very like step by step. So week one, we might just be looking at the ingredients in their salad dressings. And so we're going to start reading the labels and avoiding the seed oils. Um, and then I teach them different hacks to balance blood sugar because this is the other big problem. Everybody's becoming... Um, you know, type two diabetes on their way to type three, which is the new Alzheimer's. Mm. Just everybody's inflamed from so much processed food, uh, all the environmental toxins, the microplastics in our bottles, which we'll talk about. Um, so loads of different symptoms that kind of come up and it's my job to individually sort those out and then give my recommendations based on what they're going through. Is that mostly clients like abroad remotely? Or are you dealing with clients as well, like physically here in Thailand? Uh, the past couple of years, it's been all remote, but now I'm getting a lot of hybrid clients, which I love because I kind of, I miss coaching in front of like a big group. And so now when clients come to Phuket to train, I'm like, okay, step one, you're going to get your body scan done. Step two, you're going to go get your blood work done. Step three, we're going to get you a meal plan package at Pure Prep. So I have a great list um, and then I can see them. I'm like, you know, driving my scooter down and they're walking down the street and I'm like, good morning, you know? Mm. And, uh, and so it's been a great, uh, a great way to kind of mix both my online abroad clients with clients that are now here. Do you have your own coaches that are also helping to push you in your career path, your own mentors? I do. I have a couple. I have a, a fabulous business coach. Um, I have a travel coach as well, who's helping me like hack the the point system to get business class points. 
Um, and then I have, I have other, I go through stages of other fitness coaches. Um, and so I think that every coach needs a coach. It's the accountability. It's the structure. It's someone else telling you what to do so that when you get to the gym, you don't have to think about it. Um, and I think that's why my programming works so well is because I give people the education, the structure, and those check-in calls that I have with them once a week to make sure that they're following the plan. When you're dealing with a new business, or sorry, when you're dealing with a new fitness coach, let's say, do you approach them with like your goals and are you essentially, because you have the experience structuring yourself for them, or do you go into it as kind of an open book? Oh, I want them to treat me like I don't know anything. I would love to learn other, I mean, every coach has their own style. So if I'm going to work with another fitness coach, obviously I'd like them to be a little bit more educated than I am so that I can learn from them. That's the whole point behind it. Do you, could you share like a specific story of something in your fitness journey and dealing with a coach of something specific you are looking to whether get better at, adapt or change and specifically what was that and, and how did you work on that with the coach? Okay. Um, I would like to actually talk about some mentors of people that I'm like reading their books and listening to their podcasts and really learning from is um, Glucose Goddess. She talks all about the hacks of balancing blood sugar levels. Dr. Mindy Pels, she's talking about, you know, fasting for female hormones. Um, because my story is that I was a sugar addict. I was hypoglycemic. I would wake up, you know, with the shakes in the morning and have to eat straight away. Um, I was the girl that always carried snacks in my bag wherever I went. Um, I thought that being hangry was just a funny but horrible personality trait. Like my friends called me hangry all the time. And they're like, okay, make sure Joy gets food. And that's not cool, right? And you don't realize that this is just a blood sugar imbalance until I started learning about all of these hacks and that having those symptoms and the feelings weren't normal. Um, and, uh, and so learning from a couple of these, these you know, mentors now has been huge for both me and my clients because now I get to give them the information. Um, so I just want to drop in here. I want to drop in this um, great hack on how to balance your blood sugar without having to restrict yourself of your favorite food. Um, so Glucose Goddess talks a lot about the order in which you eat your food. So number one, do you know this? No, I, I've heard of it, but let's let share, share it with us. Okay, great. Okay. So if you have like a big plate of, um, I don't know, easy example, chicken, broccoli, and rice, and then you have a delicious cookie at the end. Um, most people, I think they go straight for that carb choice. You know, if it was French fries sitting on that plate, they're going to dunk their French fry and ketchup and put that in their mouth first. That's wrong. What we want to do is eat a couple bites of the vegetables. Okay. That's going to send fiber down into our intestines and create like this meshy layer over our intestines. And then you're going to take a couple bites of your protein and your fat. That's going to slow this glucose response down. So that by the time you get to your carbs, instead of the glucose going straight into the bloodstream to cause a spike, it's now protected under this wall. So if you think about this in terms of like a, a game of Tetris, okay, if all those little blocks are coming down super fast, you're going to lose the game, right? Your body can't sort out and like filter out and, and, and process all that food. But if those blocks come down slower, right, you're going to have a great chance of crushing every level. And so that's what we're trying to do with your glucose levels. It's instead of all the spikes and the dips and that roller coaster, trying to keep people really stabilized. Um, so again, it's not about, you know, telling you that you can't ever have that cookie. I'm going to tell you to eat your protein first and then take a bite of that cookie. And the responses are way different. And that's also as you're taking in, in, in this sugar, the carbohydrates, it has more of a slow release. Correct. Correct. Um, so same thing with a piece of fruit, right? Um, Fruit, although it's beneficial, antioxidants, it's still digested as a sugar. So you always want to pair your fruit with a protein or fat. So eat, you know, your apple with a tablespoon of almond butter. Have some grapes with a couple slices of cheese. Have a handful of nuts with your banana. You know, something to help with that sugar spike. Um, and that will also really help. So, you know, fruit juices, try to stay away from the fruit juices just because, again, it's just direct sugar. Um, what else? So if you're, if you're having, are there different veg or sorry, different fruits 
that you will give favor to and maybe because of recent research and information coming about out about like fruits such as like apples and how do we remove the wax and grapes and you know do i soak this in baking soda and vinegar before eating is that all is that all a myth or what are your thoughts on that i don't know the market's gone crazy i mean apples used to be these like cute little sizes and now you have these ginormous apples or you know the grapes that now we have like uh cotton candy flavored grapes right they're all genetically modified mm. i mean blah 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 so I stick to my my berries. I love berries. They're they're low in sugar. They're high in fiber and antioxidants. Um, you know, Asian fruits great. I love my dragon fruit and some pomelo. But if you're on you know a health kick journey, there's lots of you know terrible stories about kale and spinach. The dirty dozen, clean fifteen. You've heard about that. Yeah. So, I mean, look at eating spinach with a little bit of pesticides on it is probably better than not eating any spinach. I don't. Mm. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I, I always, I'm not, I'm not one to overthink it because I'm like, you know yeah. what, you know, when I'm dead, I'm dead. How do I worry about it? Yeah. Um, and I'm going to just live my life. But certain fruits, I mean, I'll eat everything, but I've always wondered, like, obviously an apple versus an orange the or, or a mangosteen, the, the husk on the mangosteen is much more protecting the fruit itself yeah. that I would have to assume it's much more difficult for the pesticides to get through. Um, well, that's why they say buy organic on some vegetables and fruits and then, you know, regular on, on others. That can help us transition into the into your into the water. I'm definitely gonna misprint. I want to say Kangen. Kangen. Okay. Can we talk about that? Because <laughs> as you came in downstairs, I'm like, oh my god, I've and and this is not some sort of like we're here to promote it. It's a coincidence. I was I was in the market to buy kind of a char a charcoal filtered system. Mm -hmm. They're very they're not expensive. Maybe a couple thousand baht. Um, and my friend got me hooked on those. I used to have one, and then whatever lost it through all the many moves um, because the water bottles that we're getting from the 7-Eleven, those water bottles, whether they're the two liter or the big four liters, at a certain point, whatever factory it's coming from, it sits in the sun. Correct. So even though you're purchasing it, maybe refrigerated inside the 7-Eleven, there's, I guarantee you, it's probably been exposed to heat for at least 24 to 48 hours within its like lifetime getting to its shelf. Can you talk about the issues with the micro plastics and how does this uh water solve that problem yeah so i mean i'm just on this journey i just started this water journey i've been hearing about this machine for five years and it just keeps coming up all the biohack i mean everybody's talking about how terrible tap water is for you and how uh the microplastics are now leading towards hormone disruption weight gain metabolic issues immune system issues so there's more research coming out about it so I heard about this company. I decided to buy it because I'm in the health space and I was like, I want the best water for me and I want to be able to recommend something to my clients. And I don't like recommending things unless I've tried it and tested it and I love it. So got the machine. Um, this will take care of all the hundreds of bottles of water that you and I drink every day. I mean, every month. If, you're, if you and I are supposed to be drinking at least three liters, right? That's two bottles per day times month after month, we are going through a ton of bottles. Um, and like you said, they are sitting in baking rooms, just absorbing all of that heat. So it can't be good. So what my goal to do is to have these BPA free um, five liter bags. I'm also going to be distributing it in um, 19 liter jugs. So easy refill. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see like the testimonials because this is some of the most hydrating water you can find. It hits your body on a cellular level. So the other problem here in Thailand is that we have reverse osmosis water and then there's the option to buy mineral water. The reverse osmosis water doesn't do anything for you unless you're putting actual salts and minerals inside of it, but most people aren't. So I just heard another story of one of my good friends, big bodybuilder, takes care of himself, drinks a ton of water. He got sent to the hospital a couple weeks ago with heart palpitations. He started feeling funny. They diagnosed him as severely dehydrated. So there is a big thing that you have to be able to either drink the mineral water from 7-Eleven or sprinkle in electrolytes. This water, because of the ionizer, uh, it makes the water so that it's like alive. 
So when you pour it out of the tap, it's actually like you see all these bubbles inside of it and stuff, and it truly hits your cells on a different level. It, does it have all the minerals that you would still get from like well water? Because I grew up I'm in actually, Canada. Yeah. I grew up on a well. Um, so as I moved to Asia, I've noticed, I just noticed, because water is 70% of our body weight. So we all focus on food, but I've honestly, for the past 20 years, I've thought, there must be something behind water. Probably it, it isn't just the food and probably water is actually the answer. So the question more is like our well water versus this. And I know you're new to this, so mm. I don't want to get into the science mm -hmm. too, too deep. What are your thoughts on that? So the, the, the well and the tap water here is, is filthy. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've been brushing my teeth with my tap water for eight years and I've been totally fine hopefully. Um, but we put on a six step filtration system. So it is from our tap, but it goes through a filtration system and then it comes out of the Kingan machine. Whereas if you had a machine in the States, you'd just be able to hook it up to your tap and it should filter it through. I always say better safe than sorry. I also buy uh, fabulous electrolytes. And so I'm putting extra electrolytes. It'd be great to get some trace minerals, but, um, this water is super clean and ultra hydrating. So I think uh, for the water that we can get here in Thailand, it's it's the best. Could that be the next step to like really turn this, you know, into like, I don't want to say steroid water, but <laughs> meaning like we get this water and I'm just like more thinking off the top of mm -hmm. my head. If you're to have this water and then adding in minerals to it, is 100%. that possible? Oh my God. That would be like how, the how VIP could you do that? of water. Like for example, like, okay, we can take our vitamin C, our zinc. I'm, so there's certain... Wa minerals in water that um, I can't even think of off the top of my head from the well. What are those minerals? Could Are we able to get them in powdered format to put, add them into our water? Is that the next step for like uh, biohacking? I think they're already trying to do that. Yeah, the trace minerals. I mean, the very least you can sprinkle in some Celtic salt or some Himalayan salt just so that your body can absorb it. Because when you're drinking reverse osmosis water with nothing in it, it is literally being held subcutaneously. It's like, it's, it's not even, it's just going straight through you. So when I have clients say that they wake up and they're going to the toilet in the middle of the night multiple times, I'm like, well, your body is not taking it in. Um, and if you think about training, right, if your blood is really thick because you are dehydrated, you're going to be a lot slower than if those cells were nice and open and hydrated from from you know good water so i definitely think it's on the next tonight. yeah i i read into this again you know the, this information it's like you see it one year and then you forget about it mm -hmm. and then something comes up and you see it again and i noticed that when i'm working at my desk yeah i'll drink three liters a day but i'm constantly going to the bathroom i'm just constantly taking a piss yep and how annoying I, is that and it's so annoying because <laughs> you get into a task and then your brain tricks you you're like I think your brain is like, fuck this task. You have to take a piss mm -hmm. and you don't really. And then you pass by the kitchen yeah. and then you grab a snack there on the way go. to the kitchen and then you come back to your desk and now you're now. And then you see the couch. You're like, well, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll eat the snack there. Yep. And then 40. So this can happen. So by getting clean water and hydrating yourself, you might become more efficient at your day job. Everything is going to improve. Your gut health will improve your training, your sleep, your skin. Um, I mean, I hear a lot, a, a lot of ex, I mean, not ex, but cancer patients that will only be drinking this water, um, because they can feel the difference from it. So I'm excited to start down this journey. Like I said, it's just been a couple of weeks, um, hearing people's testimonials and their stories about how it's going to benefit them. Yeah. I've been putting sea salt into my water in the morning. So that's the Perfect. new thing I, I put yep. two or three pinches Great. or four pinches, but into a huge bottle. Yep. And then I juice half a lemon with that. Yep. It's great. It, to be honest, you do it once in the morning and it's hard. Even though it's so simple, I don't know why I don't do it again throughout yep. the day. I found that's helped a lot. You were talking about adding trace minerals. What does that mean exactly? Like what, what would be in those trace minerals? Where would you get that product to add it in? Oh, gosh. Um, that is a great question. I haven't actually looked into it a lot because... Again, all these products you can get from overseas, but it's hard to get so, here. Um, yeah. You can't find quality stuff. Like even the electrolytes are have a ton of sugar. Right. right? So if you buy the electrolytes from 7-Eleven here in Thailand, they're going to break your fast, meaning there's what's, added stuff. What's even in them? Sodium, magnesium, and potassium. So those are the three biggies. Okay. So that that's where I get super skeptical because as I went into the supplement industry, I realized everyone's Nothing's selling shit. Nothing's regulated. Yeah. So- that's where I start. I question everything now. I know my product is the best of the best because I pay the top dollar and I know what I'm getting. Yeah, love that. Great. So we look at the electrolyte pa package. Sodium and magnesium. Where's that magnesium from? 
Yeah. Where did they, where did they <laughs> extract that from? This is where I get so skeptical. Now I love the idea, but it's like, okay, well, what if I want to make an electrolyte pack first? Where do I start? Where do I, where do I source that magnesium? And what's the difference between a cheap quality and a high quality? I don't have the answer to any of that. You totally can. There's, there's no regulations. And that's why for years I was taking, you know, my fish oils from the pharmacy over here and my multis and all these things and not actually feeling a difference. And it wasn't until I started taking the vitamins that I'm taking now that I'm like, oh my God, there's a big difference. And I was wasting so much money on supplements. Um, but I do love to try it all. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's try it out. I tell people, try it out for a month, see if it works for you. If it doesn't move on. Did you find a, a supplement brand now that you trust for all your omegas? And oh my God. I love the doTERRA. Uh, it's called doTERRA lifelong vitality. Do how do you spell that? D-O-T-E-R-R-A. Okay. Um, they have a, like a supplement bundle. Um, my favorite product of theirs though, is these digestive enzymes. Do you take digestive enzymes? The probiotic stuff. Nope. Different. Mm. Probiotics help with building your good gut flora. A digestive enzyme oh, yes, 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 I helps have. break your food down. So I did this really cool experiment. I took um, a bowl of oatmeal, two bowls of oatmeal. One I left as a blob. And the other one I sprinkled, I opened up the capsule, sprinkled it in the digestive enzyme, started stirring it. Within five minutes, that oatmeal became a liquid. It literally was breaking down enzymatically. So if you can imagine... I have a lot of clients that say they eat really clean, but if their body's not able to break it down to become bioavailable, it just gets shuttled out, right? Um, so I think a digestive enzyme, super important. I think a probiotic, a pre and a probiotic, really important. Um, have you ever had a fish oil where you get the burps after? It's fishy. Okay, it's rancid. Absolutely. Uh. Tr if you guys are taking a fish oil and it's making you burp, trash it straight away. Um, again, not regulated. So the ones that I'm taking are sourced out of the oceans in Peru because they have some of the deepest oceans with the least amount of mercury and lead. Um, so, but we also sent ours off to a third party lab to get tested because Your I, Omega. yeah. Cause I said, if I'm going to recommend these to my clients and my mom's a doctor, if she's recommending them to her patients, I want to know that they are sourced ethically and that they uh, don't have all the synthetic fillers inside. I heard I had a doctor on before, Dr. Lodi, and he's like 100% against omega-3s. So uh, I'm going to get him on and explain why. I would love to hear why, that. Why, why is yeah. he against? And, and it, it really makes me start to think it's like, wait a minute. Do maybe we need all of this? Well, why is omega-3 the best of the best? Well, clearly there's big marketing money behind that. And actually what I'm starting to learn is actually big pharma controls the supplements as well. Oh, they control everything. So they know... I mean, I am, clients will send me pictures of, you know, their salad dressings or food or gluten-free this or keto that. And the branding is so good that it hooks people into buying it. And then when you actually read the labels, you're just like sugar followed by MSG followed by seed oils. Yeah, let's get into that. I watch a lot of your content and sometimes it's like, you don't realize it. You're like, shit, like really, you got to read these labels. I'm usually pretty good on that. But a lot of those labels can be a bit sneaky. Yeah. Um, is there anything like in particular, if you're going into a Porto or a Villa market, people are probably buying quite often, whether it's a yogurt, whether it's a type of oatmeal, um, that you're like, wait a minute, that is a complete scam. Stay away from it. And this is why anything with a seed oil. And that is my number one tip. Um, cause they're putting it in your hummus, your yogurt, your, I mean, just every product these days. So soybean oil, canola oil, vegetable oil, corn, bean oil. I mean, any of those, the only oils that I really want people eating are going to be olive oil, coconut oil, uh, avocado oil, which is great for frying, uh, grass fed butter and ghee, mm. great healthy fat sources. Um, so avoid the oils, obviously the sugars, you know, and then all the, the food additives, the maltodextrins, a lot of the gums, the emulsifiers, the, the food, the colorings, right? So kids, kids are getting, you know, Gatorade and Powerade, with blue dye 40 and, and red lake number one and, and all these things that are directly linked to ADD and cancer and gut health and all of these things. So of course you have to pick and choose your battles. You know, not everything is gonna be super clean, but if you can start just by, you know, eliminating the basics, there's a clean swap for everything, especially if you're in the States or Europe. I mean, clean chips, clean cookies, clean, you know, granola bars, all that stuff. 
Um, and so I think if someone's starting to look at their their health journey, start with reading the labels. Especially probably for pregnant women as well. Because maybe this can lead to things like, um, you know, uh, what's the... What's the um, Gestational like al- diabetes. A- like Asperger's, stuff like yeah. this. Maybe yeah. that this can be passed on through pregnancy when you're eating artificial coloring and whatever. Who knows what, what candy bar you're eating. Um, another, I, I don't, uh, who's the bulletproof coffee guy? Dave Asprey. Dave Asprey. What are your thoughts on him? Oh, man, he has some, uh, like, straight-to-the-punch pod- um, like stories and reels these days, but I think he's telling the truth. Um, well, I mean, you get to pick and choose, right? Like, your favorite influencers, like the Liver King, or uh, do you follow Carnivore Aurelius? No. He talks a lot about... Um, you know, living on the farm and, you know, the real flex is like having a, a woman that's going to like milk your cow every day and pick and choose the things that, you know, resonate with you and then bring that into your life. Right. I'm not going to do everything that Dave Asprey tells me to do, but I think a lot of his stuff is great. Um, Tim biohacker, another really great biohacker that just like gets straight to the, the truth about loads of different topics from vaping to fluoride in your toothpaste to women, you know, wearing bras. I mean, just all over the shop. Yeah, I brought that up because you were talking about oatmeal and I recently Mm. saw something. He said, no, this is peasant food and there's nothing in it. Is that true? I also tell my clients, I mean, everybody thinks that a bowl of oatmeal is great for breakfast, but A, it's one of the most heavily sprayed with glyphosate, okay, the the chemical in Roundup. Um, Number two, it's going to spike your blood sugar levels. So um, I, I tell my clients, I'm like, look, you need to start with a higher protein, higher fat first meal. Um, and then if you want to have oatmeal as a treat, it needs to come after. But I think that there are, you know, there's uh, canola oil in your oat milk, right? Why do they need to put canola in the oat milk filler? So canola or uh, oat milk is like the latest crave, right? right? The oat milk lattes and all these things. And I'm like, can we just go back to basics? I would rather like a full fat cream mm. than someone putting an alternative. Yeah, they're milking everything now. Literally. Soon we're going to have cat milk, dog milk, you name it. Literally. That was actually my, like, one of my most popular reels was my conversation on oat milk. And yeah. because because you, you grew you kind of grew up on a farm. It's New, New Hampshire? New Hampshire. And so you guys are coming from, you know, this this traditional lifestyle, especially I saw you've, you're always posting with your mom. What are her thoughts on the state of, like, the world and diet? Like, she, how is she? Is she staying away from social media? Is she kind of, you know, oh, she's right tongue, in there. In, tongue in cheek and trying to be like, what are you lunatics doing? You would love, she's a firecracker, and she'll get straight into it and just call everybody out on their crap. Um, but, I mean, we grew up with a milking cow, so an A2A2 Jersey cow. She talks a lot about the importance of the grain, that they're being fed. So even people that are allergic to eggs, it's not necessarily the egg that they're allergic to. They're allergic to the soy-based feed that the farmers are giving it. So she's helped families reverse them being lactose intolerant by small bits of this raw, unpasteurized A2 milk, which is really quality. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to talk about living on a farm, but yeah, she's very holistic. That lifestyle there, I mean, it's it's extremely healthy, like even to the furthest extreme. That's very difficult to get in Thailand. Are there any plans or answers to how can I bring that lifestyle here where you're getting the pasteurized milk? You're, you know, you get that kind of living off the farm field where everything's going to be organic. Is that is that a pipe dream or is that possible? Um, I think that's a little bit, I think it's a little bit hard. I mean, we have great companies like Paleo Robbie doing a lot of grass-fed meat, lots of organic foods. Um, I bring over all of my essential oils from the States. And so I feel like, I mean, cause we grew up with an herb garden. So if, you know, a, had an earache, if we had an inflamed tendon, whatever, my mom would go out, get the herbs and, and then come in. So bringing that out here also has helped tremendously. Um, and I use that with a lot of my clients as well. Um, you know, you mentioned that you put lemon in your water every day. Well, that will mess up the acidity in your stomach. It might take the enamel off of your teeth. I have an, a lemon essential oil that I put into my water every day, which has the same benefits of detoxing your liver without the negative side effects. Um, So I think that it is becoming a little bit more holistic out here. Uh, Not quite the same like Bali. I think Bali is, you know, a step ahead of us in that sense, but I think we're getting there. Would you be able to make your own essential oils? I wouldn't want to. That would be a process of extracting and in the different, I mean, every country has their specific product. 
Um, so I would just, yeah, for convenience sake. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it'd be a bit of a nightmare, especially yeah. like we're doing our extractions. It's almost impossible. Actually, Paleo Robbie, he carries this product now. Amazing. Yeah. Shout out to our, our client. They're doing an order right now. Um, we're going to wrap it up soon. How are we on time? Do you know one hour? How long? See, it goes so fast. Perfect. 45 minutes. That's okay. Great. Um, okay, cool. Now I know. I got I got like 10, 15 minutes. Now I'm comfy. It's just sometimes I'll be like, yeah, we'll try to keep it in an hour. I'll be like, how long is it? He's like, it's been an hour and a half. I'm like, fucking hell. It was so quick. Um, talking talking more about like your family and the, let's dig, let's go a step further than than your mother. Like, where did this begin? If you were to even go back to your, to your, your grandparents, this whole holistic oh lifestyle. Gosh. That's such a crazy question. No, I really do think it, it comes from uh, my childhood with my mom, you know, never allowing us to have, you know, the Lunchables. Do you remember Lunchables? Yeah. Oh, those were so good. All the kids were eating, you know, the Frosted Flakes and Lunchables, and, and we were never allowed to have that in our house. We would have carob chips instead of chocolate chips. So I did grow up with that very healthy lifestyle. But like I said, I think maybe because I was restricted of that sugar as a kid, that's what turned me into a sugar addict. As I mm. left the house, got I was sneaking candy into my room. Like, it was a mess. And so, um, you know, now that I'm older, I can look back at my mom and appreciate the hard work of her, you know, keeping us clean um, and then going through my story because that's my story now. Have you gone through her story and speaking with her mother and her father and where did this... Um, you know, way of life. How was this instilled in her? That's a great question. She actually grew up in a convent with uh, nuns. Um, and then, but her dad was a farmer, always canning and pickling his own foods. Um, All and, in New Hampshire. Uh, this was Maine. Okay. Yeah, still New England. Um, and, uh, and so she came from a, a line of hardworking farmers. And so I think that was into her. And then she went to medical school, but she realized she didn't want to, you know, be prescribing people you know, antibiotics and drugs and all of that. So she wanted the more holistic approach. So that's when she became a naturopathic doctor and uh, started with homeopathy. Um, and so watching her heal all of her patients in the most, getting them off of all their medicines. I mean, the amount of clients that tell me that they are on a sleep aid, heavy doses of sleep aids, antidepressants, um, again, rounds of antibiotics. I mean, it's the majority of people right? And, and I just feel like there has to be a different approach to this rather than just prescribing someone a pill. And she would have been a pioneer of that. Like no one was oh, biohacking. Yeah. This no is, you're way. talking, she's doing, doing this since late seventies, eighties, nineties. Correct. That's, she's been doing stuff a lot longer than any of us have. Yep. That's very interesting. Yep. And it's always interesting for me to follow that family, you know, cycle where is that actually originated from how did i should probably try to dig out some more information from her and get all that yeah yeah even probably from her father's side how deep does this go where does this start yeah right and, yeah. and if that has been passed on from generation to generation that's that's very so our family was one so um when the french were fighting the english we the original family sailed over from from europe to pei prince edward island canada and so Chasen Chasson is uh, my family lineage. And so they started in PEI as farmers. There's a lot of potatoes and, and that sort of stuff out there. And then it kind of trickled down. So Interesting. So then you're, you, yeah, you look French. Yeah. Like you French. have that French look. French there Canadian. Are, French Canadian. French Canadian. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I deal with the, the French Canadians. They are, they are a funny bunch. Actually, all, all our clients... For the, the other businesses, all Quebecois. Yeah, we, we're getting a few more Canadians come into the soy, which is really nice to see, um, and even a few more Americans. So I welcome all of my North Americans to come down to Thailand and come train with us. Um, okay, now before we end it, um, we'll, we'll, we'll end it on a more of the, a difficult, more personal note. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, li living in Thailand and living as an expat, um, relationships can be difficult, uh, the ideas of family, you know, they might be there, they might not be there. They can be put on the back burner. What do you see for yourself um, as we're both about the same age? I'm starting to think about family um, and, and Thailand is a base. So I think this can become a place for that. What do you see for yourself? Oh, this is a, this is a fire question. Okay. I saved it for the end. Oh boy. Um, I mean, dating here is hard, but it's also hard everywhere else you go. And, you know, my girlfriends and I have been having this conversation lately. Um, I think that this environment 
you know, is very much, there's a lot of singles, a lot of people that are still traveling that aren't necessarily settling down. Um, and so I'm not directly in that community of everybody's getting married. Everybody's having kids. Everybody out here is loving their life. I mean, everywhere we go, it's like, I have these like pinch me moments of just gratitude for how great life is out here. Um, but yeah, it is tricky when it gets to finding a right partner, you know, and then me either having to move there or come here. Um, so it is, it's, it's a confusing situation. And I think, uh, I don't think that there's a right answer. I think, yeah, if it's, if it happens, it happens, but it's not something you're like, I need to do that. No. And also this is another big topic, especially with, you know, I'm 37. Um, I think a lot more women are deciding not to have children these days. And that's something that I'm kind of battling with because I, I don't have those like, like I have to have children feelings. And so that's like in my head, I'm like, okay, Joy, like you have a couple years left. So what are you going to do? And so it is that battling feeling. And I'm just going to believe that the universe has a good plan for me and that, you know, if it happens, it happens. And if not, that I will still continue to love my life and, and then be able to share the love to all of my friends that have kids and my nieces and nephews. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see as, as this community ages here, if it, there's a lot like more a families fam coming. A family. There, there are right, and a lot of you know even single moms moving here with their kids, putting them in an international school. What a great way to you know have your kids grow up in this community. It is so safe here. You know, I think that they can go out and explore and do things that they're you know might not be able to do back in the states or somewhere else. So um, there's definitely potential. Well, I even heard like these schools, like the British International School, that whole like. Um, ideology that's going on in the West with the trans movement and this and that. It's still leaked in here. It's not Is gone. Is it? And it's, it's because of social media. Okay. That's what's not so much the school system, but I think there's a certain f uh, type of people that live out here that have succeeded in life and got to where they were, where they couldn't have been sheep to fall into this place. You kind of got to have your own path. And that's a whole other Scott conversation. I won't go down. Um, okay. We're going to wrap it up there and leave it hanging in the air. <laughs> um, maybe the next episode, we both have a kid. I don't know. <laughs> nine, nine months is not far away. Oh, um, okay. We're going to wrap that up episode up. I'm going to shoot the camera back to joy. So this is your camera here. If you can just let everyone know once again, where they can find you, all your social information, and we'll put links down in the description. All right, so on Instagram, it's at CoachJoyous05. I have a Holistically Fit with Joy Facebook page that is for private members. And uh, on Facebook, you can find me at Joy Summers. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Joy. That wraps up another episode. And again, nine months, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do okay. a follow-up. Yeah. All right, we're out. <laughs>